I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to Wood Talk. Now here are three guys who, if combined, would make one hell of a woodworker. Mark, Shannon, and Matt. All right. Welcome, everybody, to a very special bonus episode. This Surprise. is actually episode 524, but it's uh, coming into your ear holes unexpectedly because it's, uh, I don't know, we just wanted to do it for fun. Uh, here's the thing. This we one's can... not sponsored by Rockler, so you can only imagine what we'll say about them now. That's right. We won't even bring them up, frankly. You know, the fact that they're Oops. a go-to source Don't. for lumber, hardware, <laughs> expert advice. There's a whole giveaway thing that they do. I mean... 65 I, years, something like 65 that. 65 years, 70 minus 5. Um, we're pro- <laughs> probably not going to talk about them at all. But anyway, nope. we have lots of questions that come in. And, and you know, we, we have hearts. When you guys ask us questions and we can't answer them... It's kind of bothersome. I, I, I really don't like when people take the time to write a question and we just, because of the, the structure of the show, we just don't have the ability to answer. So what this is, is us taking, I got like six questions here. We're going to try to answer them in rapid fire style, meaning we're going to give the most clear, concise answer that we can that will hopefully do justice to the question in the first place. Um, but that's all this is. This is like the straight poop, my friends. Is that what they say? The straight poop? The straight dookie? That's what you just said. <laughs> That's what I'm uh, saying. I got nothing. <laughs> Sounds like poop to me. All right. So I'm going to go first here. I got a question for Matt from a gentleman named Jeff. He says, recently, okay, Jeff. <laughs> recently I've been thinking of a second router table. Uh, it would be a great addition to the shop and wondering if a benchtop option would be a nice cost-effective way of doing this. What are your thoughts on benchtop router tables? Yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, quick fire. Move That's on. really fast. So, uh, do you have one? Yeah. You, you don't have a benchtop model, do you? Sort of. So, I have two modes of benchtop router tables. I have the flip the router upside down and put in the vise uh, mm-hmm. router table, nice. which is very effective. And then I have um, Scott Grove's um, ultimate router base thing. So it's like the big uh, router plate. And it's this kind of elongated, kind of looks like a comet type shape where it's kind of round on one end and it's really long. It has a handle on the other end so you can like 
keep a lot of pressure on the side of a panel if you're doing edge routing. Yeah. But you can flip that thing upside down and put it on the edge of a bench and it works just like a little mini router table as well. So I think there's a lot of utility and just flexibility in having some kind of smaller thing you can put at the bench top for you know, smaller parts. If, you ha- if you're doing a project where you have the router table set up for something specific and you don't want to touch it, having somewhere else to do some simple routing is very, uh, very beneficial. Yeah. And I think for the cost investment of a smaller benchtop router table, uh, the folks over at the Blue Place, they have one that we talked about. We're not going to talk uh, about our sponsor. A few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Which looks pretty appealing too. I think it was like $100, $120, something like that. I haven't looked in a little while, but you know, something small, you can make one. Everyone's all about making stuff too. So you can just do that or whatever you want to yeah. do. But yes, the short answer is yes. Do it. It's tempting. It's tempting because like, especially that eighth inch roundover bit, <clears throat> you give me something that's like permanently set up for that. I'm all in. I love that thing. And, uh, turning the router upside down makes people nervous. <laughs> <laughs> well, only, only if it's bolted to some other thing. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently. Cause yep. you know, whatever. Uh, I could tell you right now that the sponsor we're not going to mention has the <laughs> Rockler convertible benchtop router table. It's two nineteen with a $40 gift card with purchase. So that's a pretty that? good deal. On the legs? Yeah. It's the one with the little folding X brace shaped legs. Yeah, yeah, because that's what I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And don't they, they have, have another that, one? They the have one another one that goes one for in the wall, right? Well. They have that. They have a lot of different ones. The one I was looking at before the show started was the one for the trim routers. Yeah. So it's a smaller little table thing that you can clamp to the edge of your workbench, and that's 85. What's so, it called? I'm trying to find it. The Rockler Trim Router Table. Okay. That's the one I want. I want something really, uh, that's got a $20 I mean, gift card. Really? <laughs> yeah. Rewards oh, card, dang. $20. So that's like Let's 64 bucks. Yeah. So like a little one like this is for like a little bit of like edge profiling work or, or whatever. Yeah. Oh, that's great. You got enough work area where it's not like you have room to work, but it's not going to take up so much space when you're storing it. Yeah. Okay. Now it. you're talking too long. We need to go on to the next question. See, the real question is who's going to get their second router table first? Is it Jeff or is it actually Mark? Right now? I feel like by the time this show is done, there will be it will have already yeah. been ordered. When they introduce that, I, I, was was like, I need that. And I just never router tables. Okay, next question. We spent way too much time on that one. Okay, this is from Bryce and this is from Mark. Yay. So listen up, Mark. Uh, Bryce says, I'm a longtime power tool woodworker and tinkerer of things. I have been having the urge to dive deeper into the finer side of woodworking mm-hmm. ever since I completed my kick-ass hybrid workbench <laughs> yeah. over this past holiday break, plans for which I purchased from the guild. That was my advertisement voice. Um, now that I have proper work-holding capability, I'm seeing scenarios in my projects where it would be really nice to have some hand tools such as planes, spokeshaves, scrapers, etc. In particular, I'm looking to getting a few decent hand planes. Any guidance as to what type of planes make sense to start? Okay, so the five I like are ones that generally assist with joinery. They're not going to be milling type um, planes and things like that. That's a different, you know, a different tactic. If you're going for hybrid woodworking, that's usually what I'm going to assume you're going to want to do. Um, so uh, here are the five I recommend you start with. Your low angle hybrid jack. woodworking, TM. What are you saying? You have to say TM every time you say hybrid woodworker. <laughs> I was wondering, I'm hearing, damn, damn. I didn't hear the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Low angle jack, router plane, rabbiting block plane. If you don't already have a standard block plane, uh, shoulder plane and spoke shave. I find those to be the most useful 
and getting things done that accessorize that sort of hybrid woodworking mentality, assuming you're using a table saw, you're using a planer, you're using a jointer. Um, those are the ones that I would pick. This is also something, if I could put a pitch for my book, Hybrid Woodworking, if you want to see that laid out in a little bit more of an organized fashion with explanations about the how and the why of each one of those tools, why I selected those, that is in that book that's available at twwstore.com or you can go to Amazon and pick it up there. I would almost say in that order of purchase too. Oh, really? Cool. Except for the spoke shave. I'd bump that up a little bit and I'd bump the shoulder plane off, but that's just me. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> These are yeah. my planes. You're not bumping anything, sir. Maybe put the router plane first, then the jack. That, but still. I, might, I guess it depends on like, what do you want to do? Are you immediately finessing joinery or are you going to yeah. get into a little bit of smoothing? Then get a smoothing plane, not a jack plane. No, 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 Come no. On. You stop. You, this wasn't your answer. You stop it now. <laughs> You're not allowed to talk. Shut up. <laughs> I think we all have opinions on this one. But meanwhile, I stepped all over Matt's answer to his question. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's all right. I learned it by watching you, all right? <laughs> sure did. <laughs> uh, all right, we got a question for uh, for Shannon. This is from Sean. Uh, Sean's building a Rubo-style workbench following the anarchist workbench plans. My plan was to use the Benchcraft advice, and then while listening through the immense catalog of Wood Talk episodes, you mentioned yeah, the Ovarter advice. Do you have any input on that advice and General interest hasn't been very helpful for quality reviews with the exception of our man over there, James Wright. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I know probably five people that have this and they love it. Mm -hmm. Like it's almost like a cultish thing. They absolutely love it. But why it didn't really catch on, I don't know. Is Benchcrafted's marketing just that much better? Um, <clears throat> and Hovarter's kind of been in this like I don't know, obscurity, but to me, it looks like a really cool vice. I don't have any personal experience with it. Uh, what I find funny is like, he says there's not a whole lot of internet buzz on it, except for James, right? So what's wrong with James? Like, why are you discounting James's experience? <laughs> well, I mean, my James. experience, James kind of knows what he's talking about. He wears so wooden shoes, I, all right? I mean, he's a weird Yeah, th that's it. That's probably what it was, is the wooden <laughs> shoes that kicked it off, but... Uh, I, I can I can give you a couple other data points. I don't have a personal data point, but I've got several members of the Hantle School that have these and love them. Like the leg vice setup um, just seems to be very, very simple. I haven't dug into enough to quite understand like how the mechanism works. It just looks like a piston, which just seems kind of cool. So yeah, but for some reason, he just hasn't, he's just not with the cool kids, I guess. This I looks like, it looks a lot like the bench crafted. Look at the uh, crisscross mechanism and everything. Yeah, it, it all comes down to the screw. The fact that it doesn't use a screw and it's just more of like a piston shaft, yeah, um, like a plunger system. So it's like a quick release vice on that's not. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I, I'm, I'm not familiar with this. How does that actually work? Is it does it you have that quick in and out, but then you can also dial it in? L yeah. Just like a quick release? Yeah, I, mean, I think it's got the same kind of function where... Like you, you turn it, what do you do with a quick release vice? So you turn it one way and you can suddenly kind of unlock the quick release. It depends. I think this is Sometimes the same. it's a lever. But I think it also slides in and out. So like you can yeah. slide it in to bring it up tight and then you crank it to, to like go that last little bit of pressure. I mean, this, yeah. if this works as advertised, this looks better than Benchcrafted. I, I agree. I think it's, I think it's an innovation. It's a step forward. Yeah. 
but for one reason or another, maybe it's just because Schwartz went the whole benchcrafted route. And as we all know, Christopher Schwartz invented the workbench. This is true. So, you know, I, I have to feel that somehow it's it's in that line. Um, and then you get to a point where we kind of were like that, where we just don't want to talk about vices or workbenches anymore. And Chris is just like, oh, God, I want to talk about steak chairs now. I don't want to talk about vices. <laughs> I mean, you could so, almost say yeah. that Chris kind of single handedly revitalized, <clears throat> excuse me, like another generation of interest in nerding out on a workbench. And he, oh, yeah. he was very much pro benchcrafted and it was associated with benchcrafted to some degree, right? So maybe that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's, that's kind of where all this yeah. comes from. I mean, I, I think in many ways, I mean, granted, they make really good quality stuff, but in many ways, you can credit the rise of Benchcrafted to Schwarz. Like, he's the one who first came up with the idea of a, not came up with, but popularized the wagon vice, the leg vice. Yeah. And then shortly after that, Jamil said, well, why don't we make some hardware? Because if you remember, the blue workbench book used wooden screws. Mm-hmm. I have a wooden screw. Um, I was a total Schwarz fanboy back then. <laughs> um, but it was Jamil that came along and said, there's a void in the market. You know, yeah. Schwarz is talking about these and there's just big wood vice was the only people making them at the time. And, you know, it was just a guy in a shed. He doesn't even exist anymore. So Jamil saw a, a, a market, went for it. And I think at that point, there was so much brand sentiment and even white noise that when Hovarta came around, because it's not new, I feel like the vice has been around for like six, seven years. And I've heard like the that. name for a long time. I just never looked into it. Yeah. But anyway, I know I know five people um, in the Hintle School that just love them. They think, you know, why does anybody, why are you, the rest of you stupid? Yeah. And using these screws, we're tire. better. So there you go. Join the Illuminati. Get a Hovata vice. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Who's next? Uh, let's see. This is, this is for me or for Matt, actually. Um, Patrick wants Matt to tell him things. <laughs> oh, um, I've never found a great way no to promises. stand in tight spaces or corners. Sometimes they need to do this because of glue squeeze out. Sometimes it's just to match the sanded finish of the surrounding wood. I'm pretty certain the best answer is to prevent needing to do this in the first place. But recently I've started using blue tape before glue up. I can then peel the tape off after a few minutes and this removes almost all squeeze out in the corners. Some folks have had success with plast- with a plastic straw to remove the glue, but this doesn't work as well for me. Is there a question there? <laughs> I'm waiting for it. I <laughs> may have a copy paste error. He's <laughs> there's no question. I'm He's looking for questions. Questions. Go, Matt. What do you think about that? Standing in tight space. So there's a sentence. <laughs> bye bye. 
Um, so I, I think it comes down to like, what, what would you do to approach inside corners? Yeah. When it comes okay. to smoothing and sanding, uh, we, we can, we can do that. So yeah, I think the best, the best answer is going to be, you know, prevent needing to do it in the first, first place, like by far, yeah. uh, announce the prevention pound of cure, whatever the heck that weird old person saying is you tell me guys, you guys are older. I don't know. No. Yeah, you just cut out for a second, so I didn't catch what you actually said. Ounce of prevention is worth a what? A, a pound, pound of butter. Of cure. Pound of butter. Butter. Worth a pound Thank of you, butter, Lindsay. Lindsay. All right, Lindsay, clarified. Butter it is. <laughs> it's clarified butter. She, she clarified, which, yeah, is also butter. Interesting. <laughs> Look at that. What do you do oh. if you didn't prevent it and you need to get into that corner? Like, it, somehow, for whatever reason, it's a critical thing. What are you going to do to attack that? If there is, like, actual glue squeeze out, uh, instead of going right to the sandpaper, I'll use a card scraper and I'll scrape uh, into the corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that usually works out pretty well to get rid of the majority of it. And it's just, it's this fussy work. You know, trying to trademarked bench crafted glue scraper. Yeah, there's that too. But if you actually, <laughs> well, he's also talking about like making it all look kind of the same too. So you're going to have to sand it regardless. But the more material you can get out of there that needs to go without sandpaper first is going to make the actual sanding process a lot easier. So if you're mm-hmm. actually using a scraper, either that fancy glue one or a card scraper. <laughs> All you have to do is come back with your final grit and just kind of scratch the surface literally mm-hmm. to get your scratch marks to match and then you're done. Right. Cool. Or use high glue and don't worry about it. Yeah. That's, I mean, like that's why you use epoxy now because I'm too, you know, modern to use high glue. Too modern. Same, same concept though. <laughs> He's too a modern, modern man. <laughs> he uses epoxy. <laughs> modern. It's a good total ad. <laughs> but with but both of those, they don't interfere with your your finish. So that's a lot of times if I'm gonna do like a case piece or something with a large inside corner, I use epoxy. And then the squeeze doesn't matter because it all kind of blends together and you apply your clear yeah. finish to it. Granted, don't leave big clumps of the stuff in there. That's that, just, yeah, that that yeah. you don't want. But that you can will smear probably it interfere with finish. You can <laughs> smear it around. And that you have matter. a quarter inch bead of glue in there. That's probably going to interfere with the finish, no matter what it is. <laughs> maybe a little, or you know, maybe your draw out, you know, operation or something. If it's a drawer opening, you know, yeah. whatever. This is, why is this so stiff? Oh, you know, there's this epoxy glob here for some reason. A little bit of wayward glue. Yeah. Never hurt anybody. Yeah. Epoxy drawer guides. All right, this is what we got here uh, from Mark. Oh boy, Mark, here we go. Are you ready? Woohoo! Mark the morbid. This is from Alex. I know it's a morbid question. Have you guys ever considered making your own casket or urn? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Next <Yeah>. question. <laughs> That's honestly the answer. It's a fun question. Hey, let's, let's turn it to you guys. Would you? No. I've never considered it. No. Um, no. Mm-mm. I don't want to be in an urn anyway. Scatter me. Scatter me, damn it. Scatter me. Yes. Actually, this is kind of interesting because I, I think when we get to that point in my life, I've never thought about like what I would want done with my body. Yeah. But like now I'm like, Oh, what I'm starting to actually like, think about that. Like, oh, that's how I know I'm getting like up there. Like this my is last wish is thought. to be sucked up in my own dust collector so I can experience what it was like to be wood fibers. <laughs> yeah. Just put them in a bag out in the trash, like all uh, wood dust. Well, no, dump actually, them I'm, on the floor of my shop and vacuum me up. I want to, I want to spin around. I want to see going. the inside of my cyclone. <laughs> I, want yes. I want to know what it's like to be trapped in the filter. Yeah, there's something about that that just is very unappealing to me to even think about that. I, I It's fine that people do that, but it's not for me. Not for me at all. Okay, got a nope. question here for Shannon 
from Kyle. I will happily build Mark's casket though. Yeah. Build it for a friend or a loved one. There you go. That, that, that can yeah. be done. That's a lot. And, and Matt, sorry, Matt, I'll build yours too. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. That is actually yeah. very tough. Um, having done that for a relative, that was not easy to do. And I actually, I, as much as I say dismissively that I would do it for someone else, that is a, um, that's an emotional responsibility that you take on that. I think everybody will make that decision for themselves if, and when they have the, you know, the opportunity or that's the wrong word to use, but they, they have a chance <laughs> to do that. Uh, that was no fun. I, d- I actually did not enjoy that experience very much. <laughs> I can see that. Even making it for someone else that you cared about, that could be rough, but that sometimes maybe that's part of the process uh, as well. That could be therapeutic for someone to do. I get asked to sing at family funerals a lot. That's not fun either. I hate that. Oh, geez. Yeah, I guess so, huh? Not good. Yeah. That must be tough. Good. Okay. Um, question for Shannon from Kyle. I bought a dirt cheap Backsaw from a big box store a while ago and almost never use it because after an inch or so into the cut, the saw starts to bind horribly. It's not a high quality saw, but I'm wondering what troubleshooting steps I could take to figure out what the problem is. Make it even pass, make it cut even passably. Okay. Um, and I actually remember reading this question. Um, cause he went on to say that he actually did try to set the teeth um, he used a nail set and a hammer to kind of set the teeth in order to make it. Because the first thing I always think of is it's binding because there's not enough set on the teeth. But the thing is, these big box stores, they tend to be overset to begin with. Um, so you probably don't need any more set. I would seriously wonder, is the saw plate straight, first of all? Because a lot of times I'll pick those things up and like four out of five of them are already bent. Um, you might already have a kink or something in the blade that's causing it to bend. Um, but I hate to say this, it may be an error between the, like, it might be you. <laughs> it's not the saw. It could be you. <laughs> something um, between if the, you don't, what is it? The chair and the keyboard or something? I was going to say between <laughs> chair and keyboard, yeah. but I couldn't figure out what was between the handle and, and your hand. Right. Uh, that's what I was trying to go for. Thank you, Mark, for getting that. But you're welcome. Yeah. Um, if you don't have a lot of hand sawing experience, depending on how you're using the saw, um, you could be causing it to bind pretty horribly there. Um, if you have added more set to it, it's going to bind even more. It's not really binding more, but you're actually like making it remove more wood. You've like doubled the size of the kerf. So instead of a, and most of those back saws are already so overset that they're taking like, you know, a 16th or wider kerf to begin with. So it might be taking a full eighth of an inch kerf. You know, you might as well have a circular saw at that point. Thin kerf, circular saw. Um, so I, I think you, you have to, to look at uh, how straight is the plate. Um, try putting some wax on the plate. Like just grab some candle wax and, and wipe it on there and see if that kind of clears things up a little bit. The only other possible thing is if it's a big box store, it could be um, they have those impulse hardened teeth and they... In many instances, they almost have like welded a harder steel onto the bottom. I don't think it's quite done that way. I don't, I'll be honest. I don't quite understand how impulse hardening works. I think it has to do with baking or something like that. Um, But there is a transition line between that hardened steel and the rest of it, um, the rest of the plate that can often be quite coarse. Um, And you might be running into kind of interference in that particular area, or you may even have a bend along that line Mm -hmm. because there's a hardness difference hardness difference there so look for bins in the saw plate um but yeah uh 
your best bet is probably not to spend the $10 because that's what those things cost. <laughs> not spend the $10 on yeah. that in the first place. Um, and if you're going to buy a big box saw, like go get a cordless circular saw because that'll probably do a much better job or a reciprocating saw or something than, than this thing. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, that does it for us with these questions. Uh, we really have no official closing for the show, but we appreciate you listening. But we're and, done with uh, this. Yeah. Hope you enjoy this little bonus episode and we will see you on our normal, regularly scheduled show next week. So thank you everybody for listening and we will catch you next time. Goodbye. Thanks. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> 